It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com joining us on this Wednesday afternoon and very different to the weather that we had last Wednesday. Good afternoon to you, Peter. It's it's more typical Irish weather, I think, Trish, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And you did say last week not to worry about the, the grass, particularly the lawns that were getting very scorched uh, looking. You can already see they've greened up uh, with a bit of rain we've had for the last few days. Yeah, and we haven't had that much rain down here, but even just the moisture in the environment, it's it, yeah, and the drop in temperatures, they, they, they are very forgiving and lawns are very, very resilient. Now, I'm not sure if you're living in the UK, uh, if you were living over in England and where it hit 40 degrees and they've had a much longer period of, of intense heat, I, I'm not sure how well they're going to, to all bounce back, but it'll be interesting to see it. But certainly, certainly the lawns here uh, have, have will will bounce back and are, as you say, already coming back to life in front of our eyes. Yeah. Okay. Let's get straight into questions. Jerry Newmarket, and we did send on these pictures in time uh, to uh, Peter. Uh, Jerry has sent us in pictures of uh, this long red robin hedge. Uh, do I cut it? Do I trim it? Do I do it severely? It's very well established. It's there about ten years. Uh, uh, advice, please. It just looks like it's getting a bit out of control in the space. It does, and I've seen the pictures, and it's actually a lovely looking hedge. It's a nicely established hedge, uh, she's right, but uh, it will benefit from some pruning. I wouldn't prune it back severely, no. So firstly, you're not allowed to prune it back still uh, until we get into September under the Wildlife Protection Act, so don't touch it yet for another few weeks. But sometime during September, cut it back, um, but I wouldn't cut it back too severely because we're at the, obviously we're coming into the, the, the slow time of the year in terms of growth, but give it a trim. Um, and what I would do then is come, let's say, early next March, uh, give it a, a, a kind of a tighter haircut then. And, that you know, you can go a bit more severe on it then. And that will thicken it up then into a really, really dense hedge once again. OK, and just stay on hedges because Kieran in Cork has been on to us to say, hi, I need a bit of privacy. What is the fastest growing big shrub or hedging that you can suggest? It's kind of be careful what you wish for on this one for Kieran because the fastest growing, it doesn't just stop growing when it's reached the height that you want it, you know. <laughs> so you, 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 you maybe you do want the fastest growing, but but maybe you want, to, like you've, you've two ways of approaching it. So the answer to the question, I would say your quickest growing evergreen hedge that kind of does what it says in the tin, if you like, is, is common laurel. 
uh, laurel is a very, very quick growing, dense evergreen hedge. And maybe that's what you want and look no further. The, the reason I'm saying maybe and I'm not 100% in it is because with that, with anything quick growing comes high level of maintenance, obviously. So you will have to, when it is giving you the screening that you want, uh, you'll then have to maintain it so that it doesn't take over completely. Um, now, he doesn't say in the question there what height he needs screening at. Uh, but Laurel would be one certainly to look at. But the other way to approach it is, and this always becomes a budget issue then, Trish, you mightn't want a quick growing. Like if you get a slow growing hedge, it is by its very nature then low maintenance. But obviously if you get a slow growing hedge that's only six inches high, it'll take years to give you the screening. But you can uh, buy a ready grown hedge at what, pretty much whatever height you want, depending on what you're willing to spend. Do you know, So let's say, for example, uh, an eight foot quick growing hedge such as laurel you might get at 20 or 30 40 euros a plant whereas an eight foot uh, slow growing hedge like a, a tuya or one of the aliagnus or something could cost you a few hundred euros a plant but you don't have the maintenance issues so it, it depends what way you want to look at it but the, the answer the straight answer to the question I'd, I'd go for common laurel as a quick growing evergreen hedge Okay. Um, oh, and there was a lovely message in from Breathe in Mallow who took your advice last week and just wants to say thank you to you and that she went down on her hands and knees and she scraped out all the weeds between the slabs in her patio. She said, I couldn't, wouldn't use a deadly weed, weed killer. She had put that question in last week and you had suggested to just get down there and pull out all the weeds and she's it all done. So well done, uh, God bless her. I, ho- I hope she, I ho- I'd say she was praying for me when she was on her hands and knees scraping out the weeds. God bless her. Well done. Well well done. Anne from Bantry. Due to a lot of wind lately, a lot of Anne's cooking apples have fallen off the trees. She wants to know about the other apples. Is it too early to pick them? Some of them are still quite small. She said she had a great crop of big apples over the last number of years, but they're not as big this year. I, w- I would say no, not to pick them yet. Uh, we're still a bit early. Still about another month or so left, really. You, the big, some varieties will be coming ready to harvest. But with, with the, the ones that have fallen, in some ways, it's the tree's kind of defense mechanism um, with the drought that uh, it'll drop some of them because it, it won't have enough reserves, if you like, for all of them to come to fruition. So if there's too much fruit on the tree, it'll often drop some. Um, I'd say that's what's happened here more so than the wind. Uh, but I, I would probably, I think I would really leave the, the, the other apples still on the tree for another few weeks yet. OK, and let's stay with harvesting stuff. Uh, Deirdre says, uh, when is a pumpkin ready to harvest? It's now starting to turn orange. It is quite large and it's the only one on the plant. It reminds me of the old expression when it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. Yeah. It's, it's, the same, it's the same with the pumpkin. If you think it looks ready to harvest, yeah, it's ready to harvest. It, it's ready It's ready to go whenever you want, really. Um, but what, 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 now that it's turning orange, when, it's, when it has gone the right the right colour for you and when, when it's the right size for you, then harvest it. Don't leave it on too late uh, because it could start to rot. Um, but you, you will still, still if it's only beginning to turn colour, you still have a few weeks. But when when it looks like it's ready, then it's ready. Yeah, I was in a well-known department store at the weekend while the heat wave was on looking for summer clothes and they had all the fake pumpkins out. I was saying, God, that look of Halloween about it. I was thinking, way too early, folks, way too early. And okay. you know the word that comes after that, Trish. <laughs> Absolutely. Christmas, bring it on. OK, yeah. Michael in Skull says he bought, is it Bucks Palms Bushes? 
buck pan bushes. Yeah. Talk about boxes, yeah. Boxes, okay. He bought them last winter. They came in a pack of uh, six. He plant, he's planted them in a holding area in the garden. They've grown to about a foot tall and he thinks now they're ready and able to be shaped. He wants to know, is now the right time to transfer them to the other area of the garden where he wants them to grow? The only thing about the other area of the garden, there had been other Bucks palm plants at the same location, but they died off. So he's trying to replace those. Is now the time to be doing it all? Okay. Well, there's a few questions in that, really. So dealing with the first one, is now the time to do it? the The answer is kind of, you know, yes and no, or a, hesi- a hesitant yes. Uh, <clears throat> and the reason for that is you wouldn't transfer any evergreen plant at this time of the year. You'd wait till the middle of the winter. However, the fact that they were only kind of healed in there less than a year ago as a temporary holding that they will probably come out easy enough with little damage. If it was last week now and we were still experiencing 30 degree heat, I'd say no, don't. No, definitely don't. Um, but as it's, the temperatures have dipped quite a bit, uh, the, the the chance of root damage lifting something that has been there less than a year is, is pretty low. But I would pay close attention to watering it once you've moved them into their new home. In terms of beginning to prune and shape them, um, July, August is the time to do that. So don't leave it any later in terms of, you could even shape them where they are maybe, I don't know, uh, but 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 don't leave it any later. And it's one of these things that with, with boxes, don't prune them too early either because that leaves them vulnerable to late frost and also to box blight. So July, August is your window there, I would say. Um, and the other thing is in terms of the boxes being there before, it depends why they died as to whether or not it's it's sensible to move new ones in. So if it was a case of, the, it's not like roses, there is the, the specific replant disease, as we've discussed before, Trish, with roses, but that is specific to roses. So, so it's not a replant disease issue, but if the box that was there before, if they died off because of box blight or some fungal infection, well, that's very possibly still in the soil. So I think it might be, it might be prudent to drench that soil with a solution of copper sulfate and water or even the top boxes, um, which is a specific product for box blight, drench the soil before planting with one of those two, uh, leave it for a week or two and, the, and then then move the new plants in. Okay, Kevin in Bantry applied lawn gold to his lawn in the spring. He says to very little uh, effect, can he apply a second dose now? There's also a lot of thatch on the lawn, says Kevin. Well, if there's thatch on the lawn, so thatch, Trish, is this kind of natural buildup of, of dead and decaying matter at the soil surface. So, which is totally natural that you would have kind of this kind of material at the soil surface. Um, It's kind of dead leaves beginning to die off and things like that. But it's exacerbated by two things. Number one, rain, uh, which pushes. So instead of the grass growing vertically up towards the sky, rain can push it down and it can start to grow horizontally. Obviously, when we walk on the lawn, we have the same effect. When you're mowing the lawn, the wheels push the blades of grass, so they start growing horizontally. So all this creates bad growing conditions at, at, at the soil surface and the base of the grass plant. And these bad growing conditions then are ideal for the development of fungal problems and the development of moss, okay? So this is what we refer to as thatch. And when when this breakdown of organic matter uh, is, sorry, when, when, when the buildup of or, the, this organic matter and plant material is, is happening at it more quickly than it can break down, well, then it becomes a problem. So what I would do with the thatch before I would apply anything is to scarify it. So uh, a scarifier is just like a mechanical rake, which rips up, physically rips up this physical debris. Uh, the lawn looks desperate afterwards, I have to tell you. Uh, but it, you are doing it a, a 
big, big service by doing this. So I would say scarify it first. And the good news is that the two best months to do it, uh, to do the scarifying is either March or September. So I'm obviously just, just around the corner from September. So I would say scarify it then and then put on your lawn gold. Um, and the one I would use is not the spring lawn gold, but there is a, an autumn winter one. I think it's called Winter Protect. And the reason I would do that is because whilst all the lawn gold range is based on on getting the right soil pH to prevent moss growth and improve grass growth, there is a different nutrient mix because grass needs different nutrients at different times of the year. You don't want to be giving it high nitrogen coming into the winter. Uh, you want to be giving it high potassium and phosphorus for good root development. So I would persevere with the lawn gold. I would scarify it first, persevere with the lawn gold, but do use the winter one in September, October. Okay, question for Peter, please. I bought a hydrangea a while back. It's doing grand, lovely pink flowers. And somebody visiting my house yesterday told me that's an indoor plant. Never heard of that before. Will it be okay outside for the winter? Well, I don't know the plant, obviously, because I haven't seen it. But the person who called it house could well be right. There are indoor forms of, of hydrangea. I think the hortensias are hydrangea hortensias are the indoor form. Uh, whereas this, what we tend to, there are many varieties of hydrangea or species of hydrangea, and I won't bore you with them, Trish, but the ones that we tend to grow outside are either hydrangea macrophylla, which are your, your mop heads and lace caps, the classic hydrangeas, and then we have things like hydrangea arborescens, which is your, your Annabelle, that lovely white one, and we also grow hydrangea paniculata. So they're the three main species that we grow outside. The vast, vast majority would be macrophyllas. Uh, macrophyllas or any of the, the three that I've just mentioned there will be fully hardy outside. However, if it is a hortensia, I think it's hortensia is the indoor one. It could be, might be wrong on that one, but if it is an indoor form, no, it won't survive outside during the winter. Okay, and you need to work out what type you have. Okay, I gathered, this says, I gathered seeds from a wild white foxglove, fairy thimble. When is the best time to plant them? Do I put them directly into the ground or do I use pots? Do you know, I'd use a seed tray. You could scatter them directly onto the ground. Uh, I would use a seed tray because if you scatter them directly onto the ground, some will some will germinate, some won't. Whereas if you, if you scatter them on a seed tray, um, you know, you're more, it's a more controlled environment. So a seed tray or pots with, with damp compost and you, you'll stand a much better chance of, of um, getting more germination. The bad news, I'm afraid, is the white foxgloves won't come true to type from seed. So what that means is they won't come white from seed. You'll get the purple form from the seed of it. Uh, the white form and, and the various different forms are all cultivated forms. Uh, and I'm afraid that the seed doesn't... doesn't uh, necessarily come true to type you'll, you'll, you'll have the purple form growing I'm afraid Okay and from John question for Peter please my potato garden looks blighted but the stems are not black the garden was set in the first week of April I wonder what he means by it looks blighted but the stems aren't black I, I presume he means maybe that the, the leaves are kind of going yellowy brown and shriveling in which case well it could be drought of course I mean it, it certainly could be lack of water I, I obviously without knowing the the, the, the patch I, and I don't know but uh, obviously drought and lack of water will lead to 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 browning and shriveling of the foliage uh, which can look like blight however if it's yellow and, and browning and it, it might just be a question of time before that everything goes black so it's a difficult one to answer uh, without seeing it it's kind of I, it's depending on the variety too. I'd nearly lift one or two plants and see if they're ready to harvest. And if they are, I might err on the, on the side of caution. Get them out of the ground. Although I, I don't, yeah, I would, yeah. I don't think though, with the good weather that we've had, that it would have been conditions 
uh, conducive to the, the for blight. So yeah. I'd say he's probably. I'd say it's more likely drought. Okay. All right, Peter. Listen. Have a great week. And you. We we'll talk next week. We'll Thanks, Trish. We will indeed. Thanks for that. That is Peter Dowdell, theirishgarden.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.